Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu, and it is a Wednesday. You know what that means if everything goes according to plan. Special guest co-host for the day. It's a BTS Wednesday, which means Billy Talk Sports. Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser is in the house. We've been scrambling a little bit, Billy. Um, We didn't have an extra headset for you here at the studio. We had to do sort of a makeshift thing. Now you're talking into the traditional uh, radio microphones, uh, whereas I got one of those like sort of play-by-play headsets with the attached microphones. A little bit of a different thing, a little inside baseball for the people out there. Uh, But how are you doing? Are are you coming through okay? I'm doing all right. It's very intrusive. This thing is basically just right in my face, this giant uh, (laughs) microphone thing. So uh, yeah, we're going a little old school. I feel like a little you kind know, of sound amazing, though, I must say. <laughs> it does sound pretty good, actually. But, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely weird. But uh, you know what? We're used to this every week. It's something new. We just roll with it. That's dude. right. That's we right. just improv. That's right. We're on the air, yeah. and that's the, the main challenge. That's <laughs> the main thing. And we got a pretty cool show uh, today uh, set up because a special guest who's going to join us in the second segment uh, is a guy who is visiting the islands for the first time in a long time. And a bit of a surprise attendee, perhaps, uh, at University of Hawaii men's volleyball this week. Former UH great, Kostas Theoharides, is back in the islands. Hawaii is hosting Pepperdine for a pair of matches. Uh, I think the timing is interesting because Pepperdine was the team that Kostas and company defeated in the 2002 uh, men's national championship match. Of course, that was a title that would eventually get stripped by the NCAA and left vacant. I've always been a proponent of Hawaii just keeping that dang banner hanging in the rafters, right? Like, we saw it happen. Who cares if the NCAA wants to recognize it or not? We saw them win that championship, but it was tied to Kostas himself, who uh, was uh, playing prior to his time at Hawaii uh, with a club team that also featured professionals, much like you would see college basketball players when they play in, like, the NCAA Summer League or something like that. There are pros that are sprinkled into a lot of those leagues, former pros, current pros. Uh, The problem is... It's not an NCAA-sanctioned league. So at the time, uh, that was a big no-no, and so Hawaii ultimately got that title stripped. Of course, the NCAA and the rules of college sports have changed so dramatically since then. Uh, you wonder whether or not the same kind of decision uh, would have been made here in this day and age. But Kostas is going to join us by phone uh, in that second segment, and we look forward to it. He, of course, uh, a, a great Hawaii player from Greece, and now this two-time defending national champion Hawaii team They've got not one but two uh, incredible Greek players, the Greek connection as they're known uh, in Demetrios Mouklias and Spiros Hakas. And I would love to get Kostas' uh, sort of view on, on where Hawaii volleyball is, especially as it pertains to those guys. Yeah, just interesting to kind of see how much he still kind of follows it. So, um, he's, you know, he's a guy, he's, for as great as he was, he's kind of one of those guys that we haven't had a chance to kind of keep knowing and, and know a lot about and talk to. So this will be kind of fun to do today. Yeah, yeah, we'll revisit things with uh, Kostas. Where is he now type of stuff uh, as we... Uh, as we get forward here uh, in this show. All right, I got Billy Hull in the house. Billy, uh, interesting, you had a, a take on Twitter that uh, caught my attention earlier today. You know, I always think about you now. Every time I hit send on a tweet, I always think, how's going to react to this? Is this something we're going to discuss on the air? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it is something to think about. It is something to consider. And, of course, you know, we're all 
always hungry for some kind of um, you know fodder for discussion here on this show. Uh, and so in the content game, that's how it works. And uh, you actually posted something interesting because you guys, uh, talking about the Star Advertiser, put out your top 10 uh, here in prep baseball. And there are four ILH teams that are in the top 10. But your take was kind of an interesting question because uh, you're saying, hey, look, there's a lot of teams from the ILH. The ILH has been traditionally known as one of the not just great leagues in the state of Hawaii, but it has been recognized by national publications in the past of being among the best uh, prep leagues in the country. Uh, but you're saying, hey, look, um, there's not a lot of state <laughs> championships that have been won by ILH teams here in recent years. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to probably get some flack for that, and I'm just kind of mostly promoting our top 10 because somehow <laughs> it's baseball season already. I feel like we were just in, uh, covering basketball. But, uh, well, no, what was interesting about it is the ILH is actually the top four teams. The first four teams in the rankings are all from the ILH. And as I said, this is no disrespect to the ILH in any way, shape, or form. I just wrote a – I remember I did a big thing last year about the amount of talent from the ILH that goes on to play college baseball is ridiculous. Like, I think the, the number that USA Baseball put out was 7%. Of, of, of kids who play high school baseball, play at any level, at the next level. And for the ILH, some of these schools, every single senior was going on to play somewhere. I mean, more than half of the seniors in the league are playing somewhere. It's just a phenomenal number. And so there's no doubt about it. It's in and out. It's the best league every year. They, they beat each other up. And I think that might have something to do maybe with how what happens at the state tournament. But I just had to I had to speak up for my neighbor island guys, man, because uh, they've won four of the last five state championships. Uh, Baldwin won it last year. There was an all uh, MIL final at the less a couple of years ago. The neighbor islands can play baseball. And so I, you know, I know time and time again, it's obviously a, a, a Wahoo newspaper is kind of where we're, we're based or whatever, but I just had to speak up for the neighbor islands because uh, one of the fun things, and this weekend, you know, the league starts next week, this week, that's actually the big tournament at Baldwin. They have it at Iron yeah, yeah. stadium and, Always kind of the top teams from the OI, uh, from the uh, who try to go over there. I think St. Louis is over there. Iolani's over there. YK is in it. Baldwin's in it. Maui's in it. Um, that's always kind of the tournament where I, if I was on Maui, I'd love to go to because you get to see the best teams early in the season and you'll see them again in May. But, uh, you know, I just had to, I just had to, you know, speak out a little bit and respect the neighbor islands in baseball because they can, Maui, Big Island, they can play some baseball. Yeah, I believe YKO won last year, right, against Baldwin in the state yes. championship. Um, but why don't you go to cover that? Is it because uh, you wouldn't be staying at the Four Seasons or something <laughs> like that? Is that you, you're, now you won't travel unless have you, you have Have you seen the hotel prices on Maui these days? I mean, it's <laughs> unbelievable. They've completely forgotten about the Kamaaina. So, uh, <laughs> no, it, it'd be a little hard to justify spending. I'll only go to Maui if I stay at the Ritz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if I I can justify that to cover a preseason baseball tournament, but it still should be fun over there nonetheless. Yeah, no, uh, getting to your point, though, uh, once again, uh, you go back to 2014 when St. Louis won uh, the state championship under George Gusman. Uh, they beat Mililani in the final, and then after that, 2015, Campbell won it, 2016, Baldwin, 2017, Maui, High beat uh, um, YK in the final, uh, 2018, Baldwin won it again, so uh, three-peat basically for the island of Maui, uh, and then Punahou won in 2019, mm -hmm. and then no state tourney the next couple of years due to the COVID pandemic, uh, and then YK winning the state championship last year. So yeah, your point is, is well taken. You know, the pandemic adds maybe be a little bit of an asterisk uh, to that overall discussion. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's kind of an interesting thing that we have seen play out, right? Um, it, it has not been a private school dominated sport like you see in so many other sports. And I think you know, we're starting to see, maybe with the exception of like volleyball, 
Um, we're starting to see a little bit of a shift uh, in that. It's not always just ILH versus ILH. That's still, in most sports, kind of what you end up with just because of the way they can select kids and admissions and all of that. They come from all different locations. Uh, but I think we're starting to see, especially in baseball, um, the, the, the field is leveling across the state. What, what do you think would be perhaps a, a theory that you can apply as to why that's happened? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. There's, there's, I think, a lot of different things that go to into it. I think one of it, and I think some people and some coaches might agree with this, is that the ILH is a is just kind of a, a brutal kind of grind for two months. And then they have a tournament at the end of the season, right before the state tournament, that can get double elimination. You get different tiebreakers. Into the race. I mean, you can get really crazy with the amount of baseball they played. And then there's been the last couple of years, there's been some rainouts, And so they've had to try to sh- uh, jam all these games in real quick before the state tournament. And so... I think there's no question that sometimes the ILH teams get to the state tournament. They're a little, you know, they're a little tired. You know, they, they, a lot of their arms have thrown a lot of innings and stuff like that. But also just baseball is like, it's always kind of been the true, how do I explain it? I mean, obviously you think of Hawaii and you think football, right? You think football, big Polynesian guys, linemen, stuff like that. But baseball has just kind of always had this underlying, it's just what kind of the second thing everyone yeah, does, yeah. you know? I mean, we're in Hawaii. It's sunny all year round. I was like... When I do the Hawaii grown um, stories on baseball players, I always like asking them, hey, so you're up there in like Portland. Like I just did one on a kid at Portland last week. How's it going getting ready for the season in February in the Pacific Northwest? And they're like, yeah, I wouldn't even think about this kind of stuff growing up in Hawaii um, with how cold it is and stuff. So I think part of it is just, you know, the natural environment of growing up here. You play year round, round, stuff like that too. But um, And then just, look, there's a lot of good players, a lot of good coaches. There's a lot of programs set up. You've got, you know, Kaha Wong over on the Big Island. He's got that whole factory producing athletes and stuff. And then Maui's just always kind of been really good at baseball, you know. So it's it's a, I always call it. I think baseball more than any other sport is like the true state tournament of all of all the high school sports. Yeah, I've always kind of thought at least one of my theories has been uh, Hawaii and sort of its ties to even like Japanese baseball, right? Which is very um, structured, fundamentally oriented, right? It's very technique based. Uh, and then you know Les Murakami, uh, who was such a fixture in the baseball community for so long at the University of Hawaii and was in many ways such a trailblazer. He applied a lot of that to the way he uh, taught the game to his players and the way he wanted his team to be uh, comprised and, and, and how he wanted them to play stylistically. And so I think that just over generations and over decades of time, that's kind of uh, continued, right? That's sort of um, spread out into the various corners. And so culturally speaking, uh, we play a brand of baseball here. And this is a, a, a major generality, but I think uh, uh, speaking on a general level, uh, we play a brand of baseball here in Hawaii, that's very fundamentally sound, and I think you you are taught the the skills and the techniques in a way that maybe doesn't necessarily take place in other parts of the country. 100%. I mean, you go out there and you go to some of these high school games, just the level that these pitchers are at, the the plays made in the field, um, the way some of these kids can hit. I think there's no doubt about it that I think, and especially, I think you probably kind of see it, right? Let's look at the Little League World Series, for example, with the younger ages and how successful Hawaii has been. These kids just seem to develop be a little bit more fundamentally sound and kind of pick up the game a little bit faster than I think, you know, uh, people across the mainland. And I think that's got something to do with it too. You see the success now with how big, I mean, look how big it is when these Hawaii teams go to the Little League World Series and are representing and think about all the kids watching them and wanting to be a part of that and getting into the sport early. And then it just kind of continues into the high school levels where we've got great coaches throughout the state um, at the high school level, coaching, coaching, not, you know, varsity, JV and stuff like that. So the, the, the coaching these kids are getting, their interest in it, 
just the physical development of these kids in Hawaii, I think all kind of plays into why it's um, it's just a, a sport where we, we have some really good players and a lot of them too. I mean, but you heard it here first, guys. Billy Hull has gone on the record on statewide radio and uh, streaming anywhere in the world or universe uh, that the ILH is a, a, a big <laughs> league of, um, you know, just, just junk, junk metal. Yep, yep, so, exactly. um, yeah. Yeah, you heard it here first. Yeah. yeah, even though I've had scouts say it's like after a couple <laughs> leagues in the Southern California, it's the best league out there in high school. So, you know, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Hot great. take. That'll be Billy great. Hall. That'll be great when I head out there next week for the season opener. <laughs> Can't wait to see uh, Coach Gusman or some of those guys. I'm sure I'm sure Dunn's listening. He's like, all right. Can't wait to see yeah, him. But, uh, yeah, he is done. He's done with this show. Uh, no, yeah, that'd be hilarious, though. You, you show up over there and they're like, George Gusman's like, hey, Billy, yeah, surprised you're not, uh, you know. Covering baseball in another league. Yeah. I'm sure if he goes and wins the Baldwin tournament this week, he'll have my quotes up on the board as, as hyping him up for this big, against all the big, bad neighbor island teams. But uh, no, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, all right. So, yeah, you heard it here first. Eulani uh, grad, Billy Hull, hates the ILH. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk with a former University of Hawaii volleyball great, Costas Theoharides. He is uh, back in town. We're looking forward to catching up with him. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this edition of Let's Talk Sports in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. I'm Kanoa Leahy, being joined here on this Wednesday by my uh, special guest co-host, Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. And we're very excited uh, about talking with our next guest who joins us uh, via the Aloha Kia hotline. Uh, he is a former University of Hawaii volleyball great. Uh, he was part of the team in 2002 that won a national championship, defeated Pepperdine in the final. That uh, title would eventually get vacated. I have always been a proponent that Hawaii you should just keep that dang banner hanging up in the rafters. Who cares if the NCAA recognizes it or not? Because we saw it happen, and this guy uh, was crucial to that accomplishment. And he is back in the islands for the first time in some time. And so we're very excited to catch up uh, with former UH great Costas Theoharides, who is on the line. Costas, how are you, sir? Hey, Kanoa. How's it going, man? It's, I'm going all right. I'm doing all right. It's, it, it's great to hear from you. Uh, how are you doing? I, I think first question that a lot of people want to uh, hear is, um, uh, what are you up to these days? Uh, before we get into that, um, I kind of I just want to say I appreciate you uh, uh, inviting me on your show. And uh, I, I just literally found out a couple of hours ago um, that your, your dad passed away a couple of weeks ago. So um, my deepest condolences for his passing. Um, he was a, a gentle, kind soul, uh, a dignified presence. And when I think about Hawaii sportscasting, you know, it's, uh, it's Jim Leggett. You know, he, he's literally an institution. So, again, uh, you know, deeply sorry for your loss. So, um, yeah. Well, that's... That, that's a that's a wonderful thing for you to say, Costas, and and uh, I think um, you know talking to you again after all of these years, um, you know I, I truly appreciate uh, that sentiment. And uh, my my father was a, a huge fan of yours, obviously, and and uh, was very excited to uh, announce your your matches and, and your exploits throughout your Hawaii career. So uh, thank you for saying that, and um, and it's 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 great talking with you again. But uh, but yeah, you know we're we're in the catch up game here, and I would love to to kind of catch up with with what you've been up to. What's life like for Costas Theoharides these days? So uh, after I um, after I finished uh, with uh, after I graduated with uh, a degree from University of Hawaii, um, I, I worked for a local mining management firm, uh, and then in '07 I moved to the East Coast in the Boston area, uh, where I worked for uh, for Merrill Lynch in the the wealth management division for a couple of years, 
and, and then during the um, um, the, the credit crisis, uh, I moved to London for a year, where I did my master's at the, um, the London School of Economics. Wow. Uh, I did accounting and finance. Yep. So then I uh, came back to the States, uh, moved to Washington, D.C. for a few months. Uh, I got married to my sweetheart uh, that we were <laughs> together for for a long time. A time, And then um, I landed a, a job uh, in New York City with uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, uh, where I did business valuation. Uh, so I did that for about three years there. And then I moved to uh, a corporate restructuring uh, job in Manhattan, again, in New York City. Uh, so after five years in New York, uh, we decided that it was time for us to move back to Boston. My wife you know, uh, is from there. So it only made sense to, to do just that, to be closer to your parents. They're getting older. And we wanted, you know, we're family people. So we wanted um, our children to have the chance to kind of spend quality time with the, with the grandparents. And so we've been there since 2016. And that's uh, currently home for us. And I think we're going to be there for the years to come. But um, I'll, I'll tell you, kind of coming back to Hawaii, for, for me personally, um, this is where everything started 20 years ago. And uh, it, it's home away from home. You know, this is homeland number two for me. So, Yeah, it, it, it sounds like um, it, it has an emotional um, response that, that is engaged from you. Uh, just talking about Hawaii, um, talking about your time here. How long has it been since you've been back? So, um, so I left Hawaii when I was seven. Um, when I say came back in 2011, uh, and then 2016, we brought our girls. Uh, we have three girls, so at that time we had two. Uh, Christina was three years old, uh, Sophia was one. So we came in 2016, and then uh, this is the third time since I left. Uh, but I haven't watched a UH game in the, in the arena since 2006. So oh. that was the last time I was at the Stan Sheriff Center. So oh, I'm wow. planning on, basically, that was one of the big reasons why I decided to make this quick trip. I just gave mom myself, Elaine and the kids stayed, stayed in Boston, to, to really watch those guys play. Those guys play. I mean, they, they basically drew my attention. Back-to-back championships, undefeated. They're going for a third ring. Um, I mean, it's, 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 I had to come here. And, you know, having a couple of great guys, yeah. great talent on the team as well. You know, obviously that that played into my decision to 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 be here. But I, I honestly, you know, it was such a like I made a decision within ten minutes from like, oh, I should go to Hawaii to like booking the flight. <laughs> it was just such a quick thing that it was just a no brainer. And I spoke to Elaine. I was like, I'm gonna go for it. Like, yeah, just go for it. You know, and um, it's I'm I'm so looking forward to being in the game tonight. And on Friday as well. I know it's going to be a dogfight. I know Pepperdine has a good team, and I know this this team truly needs some, some you know, some some tests, uh, you know, to to really kind of strengthen up and everything, the bonding and all the stuff that comes with it, uh, to get ready for, you know, um, to be ready for you know, when when the uh, the stakes are high and they go for the third ring. Yeah, you picked a, a heck of a week uh, because speaking of rings, uh, they're going to have a ring ceremony for that second national championship uh, in a row on Friday, uh, tonight uh, and Friday against Pepperdine, which is you know one of the top 10 teams, ranked seventh in the country uh, currently. Uh, they knocked off an unbeaten team last week in Grand Canyon. Here they go up against another unbeaten team uh, in Hawaii. So it's going to be great to see you back at the arena. Costas Theo Herides is joining us via the Aloha Kia hotline. 
Um, but you mentioned the two Greek guys, the Greek connection, as, as we've been referring to them, Demi uh, Muklias and Spiros Hakas. And I'm just kind of wondering, like, what's your, what's your take on those guys? I mean, how amazing is it that here, uh, roughly 20 years after your time at the University of Hawaii, we got not one but two guys from Greece uh, who are, are lighting it up and, and putting up some great numbers? You know, I'll tell you. First of all, um, hats off to Charlie Wade and uh, Milan for, for doing such an exceptional job the past two years, uh, you know, revealing the program and really putting it in a position where uh, it become like the dominant volleyball program. Because honestly, the state of Hawaii, these people here in Hawaii, they do deserve the best, right? So um, having two Greek guys who are currently on the, the men's national team in Greece as well, and have amazing future ahead of them. Making that decision, right, because a lot of people think about coming from Europe or whatever their homeland is, coming to the United States, getting a scholarship and playing and stuff like that, but it's very, very hard to execute on that. A lot of people think about those things, but coming through, hmm. and obviously there are certain things that they're beyond your control, you know, getting that scholarship and whatnot, uh, injuries, um, but doing that in itself, it was... That's an amazing thing. I've gone through that myself. So having somebody getting out of their comfort zone and going to a foreign land, right, and making the impact that those kids are making on the team, immensely proud. And, of course, the fact that they are coming from Greece. And Dimitris, Dimitris Mouglis, they're actually coming from a town that is literally half an hour from my town in the northern part of Greece. Right? So that makes it even more special. You know, and I did have a chance to down with Dimitri yesterday. We had lunch for a couple of hours and we discussed and he, he's a wonderful young man and I'm um, looking forward to meeting up with Spiros and some of the other guys today and tomorrow. Hopefully I can, you know, um, I know Charlie reached out and he said, you know, can you talk to the guys? Uh, just a little alumni talk and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll go in tomorrow as well. Just kind of catch up with them, kind of share a little my stories, life experiences uh, since I graduated um, uh, and see if there's anything I can do to help moving forward. Hey, what's up, Kosas? Hey, I wanted to ask you, as Kanoa just said, it's been 20 years since you played at the University of Hawaii. And so, you know, it's kind of a long time. And I'm just kind of curious when you think back, what are like the moments or the memories or just like what has stuck with you over all that time um, from your time playing at UH and, and, and the career that you had here? You know, the experiences that you have in Hawaii, you're never going to experience anywhere else in the world. Before I left Hawaii, when I get a chance to speak to people uh, about studying abroad. They told me it would take you, it's a multi-month adjustment period just to get acclimated and, you know, get used to the language and all the stuff that comes with it. Without kidding, within a month, within a week, I felt like I was home. You know, it was such a fast adjustment period, just being embraced by the local culture. People are so genuine and so authentic that that's what makes Hawaii such a special place. And the fact of the matter is, yeah, there's no professional sports out here. So people, what they have is college sports. So, and they're, they're you know, huge fan base here. Everything gets broadcasted. And you, you become a celebrity overnight. <laughs> it's just an amazing thing, right? You go to the game and you have eight, 9,000 people just rooting for you, bringing out Greek flags and whatnot. It's like, this is just incredible. It's like, am I just some, please don't wake me up. I'm in a dream, <laughs> right? No, because, you know, listen, I have, so originally from Greece, my first 19 years I spent in Greece, right? 
Then I came to Hawaii. I skipped the mainland altogether, ended up in Hawaii for eight <laughs> years. And then I have lived for a meaningful amount of time in some of the coolest cities in the world, including Honolulu, right? So Washington, D.C., New York City, Boston, London, and sometime in Greece when I was with the national team in Athens. But Hawaii has literally left its fingerprints on my heart. Every time I come back here, no, they're really an indescribable oh. feeling, right? So seeing the young Greek guys being on the team and getting the same treatment, it's, I can't even describe it. I'm just so happy for those kids because I know, I know that they're so embraced by the Aloha spirit and they're thriving in this environment and they're getting Hawaii what they deserve. Championships, that's all they deserve. Oh, and then it's funny too. You mentioned the celebrity status at the risk of making this awkward. My sister at the time, her email was Kostas, my Greek god at yahoo.com, I think. So you were you were very popular. You, you were very popular in our household. <laughs> but uh, no, um, <laughs> but no, you talked about um, you know all that and stuff. But I'm just kind of curious now, like how's that right arm? You know, are you out there hitting any balls at all? How's the the serve going? I mean, uh, are you playing any kind of volleyball these days? Uh, no, I haven't, actually. I, I hang on my shoes uh, pretty early in my life, right after basically I graduated. Um, I did do some volunteering uh, coaching uh, when I was in, um, in Boston uh, in 2007 uh, at um, Emmanuel College, just on the side while I, while I was holding down a full-time job. And then also at George Mason University. Uh, I did that back in 2010. Uh, during the fall, I worked very close with uh, uh, Coach Fred Chow. Um, but in terms of playing, you know, it was after I graduated, it was, I had been playing for 10 years. I played at a high level and I felt I was very, very close to achieving my potential. So maybe, maybe that incentive to keep working hard to achieve perfection that is always elusive. Nobody can ever be perfect, right? So I figured taking the time and actually start. Uh, figuring out things professionally in the corporate finance world. How do I go about start setting up the foundation for a solid long-term career? You know, because the way I've always thought about things is just being a builder. Start from scratch and start every day, brick by brick, start building things up, right? Whether it's your career professionally, whether it's your family, whether it's investment, that's the way I think about it. So, um, so volleyball is not in the picture anymore. I've done other cool things like starting a family, uh, having an amazing life partner, Elena, having three wonderful kids that are involved in athletic activities. And maybe one day, maybe one day, they will, um, you know, they will uh, get passionate about volleyball as well. Um, but overall, my mission, the way I look at it is trying to have a positive impact on people and trying to, through my life experiences and my teachings, trying to help them push harder, dig deeper, and always trying to strive, right, to achieve that potential, to become the best that they can become. Because honestly, in my eyes, that's the true definition of success. Doing the best that you can to get to where you should be based on your capabilities, right? So if I can do that, if I can do that, then I can look at myself and being like, you know what, that was my legacy, and I succeeded in it. Unbelievable. We're talking with Kostas Theoharidis. He's joining us via the Aloha Kia hotline. Have the kids seen? Are they like privy to uh, some of your, your 
athletic exploits? My kids? Yeah. I have no, they have not. Uh, they have not. So, uh, and I would like for them, now they're getting older, uh, the next trip that we do, it will be during the season. And so I can get them to basically bring them to the Stan Sherry Center and get them to like enjoy the experience of having all those people rooting for the team and seeing what it was like when daddy was, you know, on court way, way back. Yeah, that, that's what they got to uh, be exposed to is like how much of a stud dad was when he was playing, you know? Uh, 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 uh. Uh, <laughs> you know what? If, if that serves an inspiration, right? <laughs> Like, then then be it, as long as it has a positive impact. Because, you know, as much as I appreciate the attention and the celebrity status, um, you know, being idolized and lionized, I think there is some limits to it, right? I think you we have to stay humble uh, and take it all in and just keep, keep, keep striving every day, right? And keep doing our thing and not necessarily kind of sit back, relax, you know, become complacent. Um, life is too short. And, you know, let's uh, let's 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 try to 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 create excellence. You know, not make excuses. Get get on the core and just make things happen and just get after it. Uh, very very well said. Uh, how many of your former teammates have you kept in touch with uh, here over the last couple of decades? Uh, haven't been very good. I'll tell you <laughs> that. Uh, but for the past for the past couple of months, I have uh, tried to make that effort, and I would like to basically uh, once I get the chance to reconnect with everybody to basically uh, keep in touch on a more frequent basis. But so far, I've spoken to uh, Ayal, uh, Dayan, uh, Daniel Rosai, he's out in Stanford coaching for the past 12 years now. Uh, Marvin Yamada, uh, he's been a real estate agent out in Washington. Um, uh, I've been trying to get in touch with Kim Otuye and Clay Stanley and some other guys. Uh, but uh, let's see. Again, I would love one day to get everybody back here in Hawaii and do like a little reunion thing. I think that would be incredible. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's, that's like that should be a team that at some point like gets that's honored as a team. I mean, I think you know what you guys accomplished. Uh, you know, regardless of of what the NCAA jumped in and and, and attempted to do, intervening. Um, you know, I I think that those memories are still very strong for people. And as you talk about, uh, that helped to lay the foundation. Like that that was part of the the history and part of the elevation of this program that then ultimately led to what they're accomplishing now so uh yeah I, w- I would for one would love to see that as well yeah uh you know this is something that i may have to work on get in touch with everybody and see if there is a way to to do this thing to pull it off and obviously things are different nowadays like everybody has families and kids uh but you know how cool would that be actually to get everybody <laughs> in there in the center center with their families with their kids uh and kind of get to know like all the other significant others and really um uh, be able to kind of go back in time and kind of recall these great memories that we had in uh, in the staff sh- sheriff center, which is, by the way, it's one of the best arenas in the world, hands down. And you know, I went in like yesterday, and I was like, I never left. <laughs> I walked in, I was like, oh my god, it's just the banners, the championship banners going up there, and I'm like, now this is what it's all about, and got me so pumped up <laughs> that I almost got on the court. I almost got on the court. Uh, but I got really fired up, and again, I'm really looking forward to seeing the guys playing today on a Friday and um, and uh, uh, kicking <laughs> Pepperdine too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's pumped up about that now. I just just hypothetical, real quick, before we let you go. Um, 
could you go up and take a few swings? Like if you if you did decide if you were so sort of overcome by just being in that arena again, if if you uh, if you went up and t- uh, tried to take a few cracks, uh, how would that go? You think right now? Uh, I, I would probably sustain some kind of an injury. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, very, very rusty. That rock has been building up for a long, long time. So. Well, hey, Kostas, it's, um, it's really great having you back, man. Looking forward to seeing you at the arena and uh, just, just so happy for you. Uh, it sounds like um, life has, has treated you very well and uh, couldn't be more uh, stoked for you and, and, and the rest of your family. So uh, see you at the match tonight and, and, and uh, thank you again for making time with us. Not a problem, Camilo. Thanks, guys. All right, take care. Costas Theohorides, who joins us via the Aloha Kia hotline. Uh, that's right, Aloha Kia. Sia in a Kia. Um, how good is that guy? I'm smiling from ear to ear. He could do anything. He like, Are we sure he doesn't want to be a head coach? He could how be about a an athletics director? Oh! There's a vacancy coming up. Oh, my goodness. How, that was awesome. Like I'm like over three years here. of intercollegiate yeah, right, uh, right, athletic right. administrative experience. Oh, I'm all pumped up, man. I'm like, I'm smiling. Like, I'm all motivated. Like, that was amazing. He yeah. was great. Like he just he just He's gotta be around the more some more, man. He was so good. Like he, he has like this 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 view on life, right? Like this almost like this this understanding of of life and the building blocks of, of how to, to, to sort of um, you know develop as as an individual and, and affect those around you like Man, I'm ready for this match I tonight. I know, dude. exactly. And so I guess we just missed the 20th anniversary, so maybe like the 25th anniversary in a couple of years they could all get together. I say just put that damn yeah. banner up. Yeah. That's what I say. Just put that 2002 banner up. Yeah, and if they do any kind of celebration, I guarantee my sister will be there. That was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> I know. What was the what was the email? It was again? like Costas my Greek god <laughs> at whatever y'all whatever it was back in the day. She was like a freshman that in high school. AOL. So. <laughs> yeah, so I'm dead. I'm dead if they are listening to this. So <laughs> Billy, putting doing once again. Just well, where would you upsetting say, everybody? Where would you say the odds of uh, your sister listening to the show right now? Uh, negative two million percent. <laughs> All right, so, I think we're good then. Yeah. Big thanks to Costas. That was really cool. We'll take a break and we'll be back. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu, joined on this Wednesday by my man Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertiser, who is still smiling ear to ear. It's like Costas Theoharides just <laughs> gave you a vibe, man. That was a great interview. That was awesome. He was he was tremendous. He was. Uh, it's good to have him back. We're uh, we're looking forward to seeing him uh, at the arena tonight, and uh, hopefully, maybe gives a little bit extra, you know, oomph to this uh, Hawaii effort against Pepperdine. This is going to be a tough couple of matches. Again, Pepperdine, they were able to uh, knock off one of the other teams that was in the unbeaten ranks, and that was Grand Canyon last week. Uh, they went to two five-set matches with them. The first night, uh, they almost pulled off the reverse sweep, lost in the fifth. Then they did pull off the reverse sweep on night two, defeating Grand Canyon. So Pepperdine thinking, hey, look, we can knock off another unbeaten uh, potentially. They also have Ivan Jasper's son uh, on their team who's averaging five kills per set. He's one of the best hitters in the country so it's gonna be pretty cool that's gonna be fun out there i got a quick question for you um costas theoridis like when i think of like all-time greats and there's a lot of good players i go like i think of yuval Kotz first he's kind of second to me now you're, you're more of a volleyball guy than i but like where do you put him in the pantheon Ooh. of like i know i'm putting you on the spot with this but uh I mean, he, he, to me, like from what I remember, he was right up there as one of the very best. Yeah, I mean, I think UV for me would would be number yeah. one. Um, you know, I think Clay Stanley is a guy that would have to be in the conversation. But he did, you know, his his projection and and his 
progression uh, really, I think, picked up exponentially after his UH days and when he was playing for the U.S. national team and became, you know, what some have suggested, one of the best uh, international players of all time. But Clay Stanley would be in the conversation. Certainly Costas would be in there. You know, you can rewind back to guys like Allen Island, who, you know, was just kind of uh, more in that maybe trailblazer mode, one of the early talents. Um, but then, you know, they've, they've had guys like Rado Parapunov. Yeah, right. um, you know, you've, you've uh, had... Um, um, just, I mean, the, the, the list just goes on. It's like I'm just getting flooded with all of these <laughs> names right now, just thinking, right, including a couple you know, pretty good guys, guys right that, now that they have right now. Yeah, absolutely, including Jakob Tella, the setter that they have now. So, yeah, I, I think that's. Um, oh, Stein von Tilburg would be another one. Uh, I mean, of, of, of recent note. Yeah, it just uh, th- that is a pretty strong lineage of greatness that has gone through that program. Uh, but I agree with you. I think Kostas uh, is at least. Top three, yeah. if not top two, uh, with UV still being the king. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It was um, that was right around when I was finishing up high school. So I mean, that men's volleyball team was huge at the time. I just remember, uh, and he's right, man. There, you're you're a big celebrity. Like when you're when you're successful here, you have that celebrity status. Yeah. And um, yeah, he had he definitely had, had his fans. You got some people naming their um, <laughs> emails, their AOL email addresses yeah, right uh, after you. All right, uh, Disney Junior Live on tour is coming March 18th and 19th at the Blaisdell Concert Hall. Uh, all your kids' favorite Disney friends will be there along with Marvel's Spidey and his amazing friends. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Well, the obvious segue going from Costas uh, to this next topic. Um, what's the latest on your dog with vertigo, Billy Ho? <laughs> I didn't know you were going there. Um, well, she is... A little background, little background. The last couple of weeks, we've uh, we've gotten updates. Billy Hull's dog has vertigo, and it's been a very difficult thing, and we, we our hearts go out to your dog. What's your dog's name? Nala. <laughs> it Nala. took you a second. Did, that that was awkward. I okay. Um, but <laughs> but, but we, we do hope that your dog is, is making a recovery. How, how is that going? Um, she, you know, she's still, she's doing a little bit better. She's a little more active. So she's now like almost like that, the, the baby that's trying to get out of the crib where she can like, um, like maneuver herself around and get to like the stairs or like fall off the, the couch or whatever and stuff, but she still can't walk on her own yet. It's been, we were at the two fall week off the couch, you know, like, well, she likes to, you know, she likes to be propped up a little bit on the little couch gotcha, and we have, gotcha, we have gotcha. like the little dog bed underneath. Okay, so it's not okay. like terrible, <laughs> but you know, we try to make it comfortable for her, but, uh, yeah, she's, uh, still going through it. And I was. Truth be told, when I walked in here last week, I think you saw me, and I probably looked like a zombie. I was so tired. So I had some help last night taking care of the dogs so nice. I could be fully rested for the things that matter, like this show. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but we're, we're hanging in there. We got a doctor's appointment next week. So, yeah, thanks for asking. Thanks oh, for, you got it, man. Thanks what, for asking. What, no, absolutely. I know, I know everyone in Hawaii is really worried about my dog. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm telling you, the dogs can get vertigo. I didn't know this two weeks ago. It's, it's not fun. Uh, you also, um, oh, no. Uh, you also, another thing that we've talked with, Billy a lot about here on this show is the fact that he hasn't watched any uh, popular movies that everyone else on earth has seen, right? Or, or at least there's this very large catalog of, of famous and beloved movies that Billy Hall has not watched. Uh, not the least of which is The Godfather for crying out loud. Goodfellas for crying out loud. I mean, just these absolute classics. Um, <laughs> But you've uh, you've checked one off, right? One off the list here recently. I have checked one off. I watched I, well, I watched most of it. It was one of those you stumble <laughs> on HBO. But I, I finally seen Pretty Woman. <laughs> Pretty Woman. I uh, watched, and I, I got to be honest, Julia Roberts is a hooker. I just couldn't really buy it. I couldn't really buy it. It was uh, 
A lot, I guess a lot's happened in the last 40 years or whatever <laughs> since that movie came out. But uh, yeah, it was a little tough. I didn't, just couldn't really picture it. So all of these movies that you have yet to watch is like uh, like Hoosiers and Rudy and all these ones. And the one that you check off initially is Pretty Woman, guys. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here with Billy Hope. And Jay, it just happened to be on HBO or one of those channels, but uh, no. But I want to Liz, have you ever heard of the movie Pretty Woman? Oh, okay. Oh. No, she, she very confidently uh, came in with an oh yeah there. Oh, so Pretty Woman, yes. New Kids on the Block, no. I yes. Mean- <laughs> Before the show, <laughs> we were singing some jingles. And, uh, as, the, we, as we like to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some radio commercial jingles. And I think we're going to do it as a segment one of these times, right? He's like, complete this jingle. And so I did a test run with you. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. And then it was your turn. And you came in with the oh. oh. <laughs> Which is the right stuff by yes. New Kids on the Block. Everybody knows that. Liz gave us the blankest stare <laughs> ever. And we asked her, like, Liz, do you know who the New Kids on the Block are? And she's like, no. No clue. We asked her, do you know who 98 Degrees is? She's like, no, no, I don't. We asked her if she knew who New Edition was. And she said, no, no, I don't. And you know what she came back with? This was uh, her validating herself here as being a part of the show. She goes, but I know who the Spice Girls are. (laughs) Liz, what's going on, Liz? I was born in 1999. That's what's All right, on. end of that conversation. Oh, yeah, take that, old guys. <laughs> oh, my God. She's like, there's nothing new or kids about those guys on the block. Okay, that's that's the that's the lesson that we have to learn there. Uh, by the way, it was uh, O'Reilly's. Yes. That was the jingle that Auto we were looking parts. for. Uh, you would have uh, You would have lost uh, yeah. in that first question uh, on our upcoming segment. Stay tuned, folks. Uh, one of these days, one of these weeks, uh, we're going to do complete this radio jingle right here on Let's Talk Sports. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll end things with our best and worst. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. <laughs> Welcome back. Let's Talk Sports. Uh, Billy just broke his headset, I think. Um, <clears throat> all right, uh, that'll come out of your paycheck. Um, Is this on? <laughs> Does this work? <laughs> Liz was uh, Googling new kids on the block during the break. And uh, she's like, Mark Wahlberg was in that group? No, Donnie Wahlberg was in that group. And then she's like, oh, and Jonathan Knight. I think it was Jonathan and Jordan Knight were like two brothers that were in there. And of course, who can forget? <laughs> Joey McIntyre. <laughs> Liz has no idea what we're talking about. It's so <laughs> embarrassing. Like our, our age discrepancy here on this show has just become something that has like depressed me. I'm just going to replay that Costa Theoharides interview just to put myself in a better mood when we're done You're over just here. You're cultured. Uh, yeah, yeah, cultured, uh, kind of like um, a piece of food that's left on a countertop for several weeks. Very cultured, yeah. Meanwhile, I've got one earpiece that's <laughs> hanging down by my neck right now, so uh, <laughs> I can't really hear everything going on. We are crawling across the finish yes. line here for this show. Uh, we like to end things, though, with our best and worst. What do you have as far as a best is concerned, Billy Hull? Yeah, I want to give my best to, um, I know there was the big UH basketball game was Saturday. I was actually out at BYU-Hawaii for the state wrestling championships, and it's always one of the, the most fun and exciting things, emotional things I cover every year. We kind of do a big spread just to kind of give some – Love to the wrestlers out there that don't always get kind of the recognition they deserve. But 28 individual champions crowned, and all of their stories are unique. They're compelling, whether it's freshmen that dominated to these kids that my favorite story is always, you know, there, there's so many kids where they come so close. They may lose in the final the previous year, and it aggravates them for a whole year. They think about it the whole year, and then when you see them come through and atone for it and win the next year, just the raw emotion that comes out of them. I mean, wrestling is such a, 
a, a tough sport. You know, it's such a time thing that they have to put so much time in to be good at and stuff. And I just, I always kind of like feel for them a little bit and some tough losses and stuff. It's a very emotional event and, and these kids kind of deserve to be celebrated. And I just, you know, my shout out to not just the champs, but everyone involved, everyone that competes in the sport of wrestling. Um, it's just a really cool and unique event. I enjoy covering every yeah, year. Yeah. I mean, those like the crowds are usually oh, really yeah. into it. And uh, I think that the television coverage that they do gets a strong viewership. So yeah, people are into that thing. So uh, yeah, maybe uh, more coverage uh, or even more coverage beyond what is already being done uh, is, is justifiable. Yeah, they definitely deserve it and stuff and just the way that these losses eat at these kids and everything that go through all the emotions it always makes it a very emotional emotional event well very good good stuff there billy all right my best is uh i don't know if you saw this but the other day in spring training the pirates and the orioles played a bottom half of the ninth inning without umpires uh so basically uh it was uh, the game was was technically over uh because the visiting team was trailing after the top half of the ninth inning but the teams as happens in spring training from time to time uh, the two managers talked because they wanted to get some work for one of their pitchers uh, I, f- I forget which team was was asking for that extra inning uh, but the umpires are like no bleep this we're out of here and so the teams just went on and played a half inning with no umpires and the catcher behind home plate was the one who was calling balls and strikes uh, and I was like wow this is kind of cool this is like sandlot baseball <laughs> in spring training I, I kind of uh, had uh, a bit of a um, I don't know an affinity for just the concept the idea uh, the catcher was Maverick Hand he called the balls and strikes again not uncommon in spring training but uh, the umpiring crew led by Chad Fairchild uh, obviously weren't having it but I thought that was actually a pretty cool thing I'd be careful if you're an umpire and you're giving them an opportunity to have a game without umpires because we're already kind of headed that way so let's not give them any more ideas (laughs) that's right what's worse than robot umps no No umps umps. exactly (laughs) all right what's your worst all right my worst I got to go back to the live golf Um, so the PGA (laughs) announced some uh, changes to their some formats they're going to do next year I think they're going to actually have a couple events that aren't going to have cuts some of their bigger kind of elevated events and so live golf tweets out imitation is the greatest form of flattery congratulations PGA tour Welcome to the future. Hey, guys, guys, you got a .2 rating (laughs) for your first event of the year last year. 2,000-something people watched. Like, I wouldn't be humble bragging right now. I mean, come on, Liv. Be better than that. But that's the thing is, is now they're they're just playing that very classic um, heel role of trying to goad the uh, PGA players into like challenging them, right? And and there's that weird thing where now the live golfers in essence are eligible to play in all four majors. Uh, they still have to go through qualifying, so not all of them uh, are going to be able to do so. But you know, obviously, they're the only ones that have anything to gain out of the PGA even recognizing them. Uh, I'm a little bit bummed about the the majors thing because. I I don't know. Like, I, I feel like the guys who have stayed loyal to the PGA, uh, the guys who have sort of turned golf into it right now something that's a really hot commodity. I mean, even the Honda Classic, for crying out loud, which doesn't have a lot of the headliner names, uh, they got like two point something million viewers on Sunday uh, as opposed to 200,000 <laughs> something for live in their uh, season opening event. Yeah, you know, everything is going, I think, probably as good as it could possibly go for the PGA Tour because everyone was worried about the tournament like last week, the Honda, with not having the big names. Well, we just had a great, exciting finish with these you know, guys that haven't, don't get an opportunity to win an event, and we saw them struggling on the 72nd hole, and it just made for great, great TV. And so there might be a thing there where you get to watch the best players go, you know, two weeks, three weeks, whatever, but then seeing these lesser guys have a chance to win a tournament and maybe see them struggle a little bit still is kind of a nice little break from the normal thing. So I think it worked out well for the PGA Tour. All right, my worst, Michael Cooper. Uh, Laker great uh, on JJ Redick uh, he said that guy has no clue of how basketball was played in the 80s and I guarantee you this JJ Redick this is Michael Cooper talking uh, if you had played in the 80s I would have locked your bleep up you wouldn't have gotten a shot off 
you wouldn't have gotten nothing off. It's my worst just because, you know, it's kind of like that old head mentality. Like all the guys that played in the 80s are convinced that they would dominate in the current uh, era of basketball. And, hey, look, the rules have changed, however you want to sort of embody that. But at the same time, Dude, these guys are so good. These guys are so much better shooters than they were back then. These guys, the, the game is so much more up and down, so much more athletic. That's an objective fact. And so I'm just kind of a little bit over that uh, kind of old head mentality. Oh, I'm totally with you. I'm out on anything with the 80s basketball players comparing themselves like to today's game. Like, if you game, watch stop. an 80s game, have stop. you watched, yeah. like, from beginning to end or even for, like, an extended period of time, like a 1980s game when they show replays on, like, NBA TV or something like that? You watch that and you're like... Uh, that's nowhere near uh, familiar to what we see now. There's no resemblance whatsoever. So anyway, Liz is telling me to wrap up. Sorry, I will do so. Uh, go listen to some new kids on the block. Billy, go watch a movie that a lot of people like. Uh, that's it for this edition of Let's Talk Sports. See you tomorrow.